Hey folks, you're now listening to an exclusive bonus episode of the Whitfield Report, exclusive to audio podcast listeners. Enjoy the show. What's up, savages? It's uh, me, Savage Sam, here for the Whitfield Report uh, Wednesday bonus episode. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I finally decided to uh, do the bonus episode that I've been talking about for months and months now. How about that? Um, but again, folks, welcome to the uh, show. This is a bonus episode. It's Wednesday, August 28th, 2019. I usually don't do the uh, date for the show, but hey, I'm feeling uh, good. I've got a uh, new mic set up, by the way, in case uh, any of you guys are wondering why I sound a bit different, maybe. I uh, decided to uh, try a new mic out. The uh, the Yeti microphone is good, um, but I wanted to try something new out. One of the uh, flaws of the Yeti is that it doesn't uh, reject background noise out very well, so I decided to uh, go with the Samson Q2U microphone, which is plugged in into my uh, MacBook, and I'm just using my uh, audio recording program here for when I... Uh, record audio podcasts off the uh, Mac directly, which is rare these days. Most of the time when I use the Mac for podcast recording, it's actually live streaming. And then I'll do audio podcasts uh, from my iPad. Uh, And this mic will actually be able to be used with the iPad with one of those uh, USB adapters for the iPad. I'll be picking one of those up tomorrow so I can do the regular Thursday podcast. But I just figured I would uh, do this bonus episode and just try out on uh, a standard, you know, audio recording uh, program just to see how it goes. And uh, so far, everything seems to be uh, looking pretty well as far as the levels go. And, uh, you know, what the hell? I promised I would do this uh, bonus episode for you guys anyway. I uh, haven't had the chance to do it uh, over the past couple days, so I decided I would do it. Now, I was going to do it Sunday, and then uh, obviously I released not one but two episodes of the uh the Whitfield Report Saturday edition on Sunday, so I couldn't do three, and then I was uh, busy on Monday and Tuesday, so you're getting the bonus show on Wednesday, so uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it, and uh, I know I'm going to, Uh, so 
the title of this episode is uh, going to be, uh, this bonus podcast is going to primarily be about movies, some movie news, and some pop culture stuff. And uh, as you guys can tell from the title, uh, this episode is titled Keanu, Keanu uh, or 2021 is going to be the year of Keanu Reeves. And, um, you know, I think it's true. We uh, Let's just dive in here to some of the news. Um, Keanu Reeves has really been, uh, you know, kicking ass and taking names in, uh, you know, movies as of the last few years. He's uh, always been a superstardom. He's always been a superstar. Arguably, I mean, his his best known role is probably Neo. But even before that, we had Bill and Ted. We had Bill and Ted Two. Then we had The Matrix, and of course now he's also John Wick, the Bobby Yaga, which John Wick is. Probably one of my favorite action uh, movie series, excluding James Bond, of course, which we have Bond 25 news as well. So, a lot to to cover there. But, uh, yeah, 2021 is going to be a big year for movies, uh, and it's going to be a big year for Keanu Reeves, specifically. We have... Uh, John Wick Chapter 4 coming out. We have uh, Bill and Ted 3 coming out. Although, maybe that's coming out in 2020. I'm, I, I'm not sure, but I know that both John Wick uh, 4 and The Matrix 4 are both coming out in 2021. Um, so, that's huge news there. And... Um, You know, then he also may be getting ready to go into, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Uh, Those are just rumors at this point, but uh, either way, really, uh, you know, just a big year for Keanu. I mean, it was a big year for Keanu Reeves this year with John Wick 4, and then he did uh, Cyberpunk 2037 or whatever that game is called. Um... So, yeah, he's just killing. He was in a few Netflix movies, too. So, um, you know, Keanu's in everything, right? He was big in the 90s and early 2000s with the Matrix trilogy. And then he kind of had a dry spell there for a few years where he wasn't really in anything. And, uh... You know, now he's made a comeback within the last five years. John John Wick was hugely successful in and of itself. They did John Wick 2, which uh, did pretty good as well. Some people argue it's better than the original. Uh, but I think, you know, the first one was just a masterpiece in and of, in of, in and of itself. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3... I actually liked better than two. Um, 
I know that there are lots of people who uh, disagree with me about on that, but I, you know, I like the idea that number three really f- actually focused on Wick's backstory and origins, in a sense, um, which is funny because a lot of, um, you know, people out there said that number three was mostly, you know, action and it didn't really have a story. And I mean, let's be honest, when we're talking about the John Wick films, okay, the entire movie is basically, you know, an action sequence. So let's not kid ourselves. But I did like uh, number three, you know, kind of how they've woven, you know, the story together of, you know, the three movies, and they've really kept, you know, it one continuous story, you know. Uh, parts one and two take place only a few days from each other, and then, you know, three basically picks up right where two left off and goes from there. Um, so I really enjoyed that, and, um, you know, what... What else can I say? I think Chapter 4 is going to be really, really interesting because uh, when they announced that there was going to be a John Wick 3, everyone, including myself, kind of assumed that you know it would be like a three-hour-long spectacle and it, they would kind of wrap up John Wick's story in uh, you know, 3 and make a nice, you know, even trilogy. Uh um, but I'm pl- pleasantly surprised that they're going to make a, uh, you know, fourth John Wick, too. Um, so I think that will be good, and uh, I'm excited to see who they bring back and who they introduce, and, um, you know, obviously that's where Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne are, are working together now. They announced The Matrix 4, kind of shifting gears now. Uh, Matrix 4 got announced this past weekend. And uh, I was shocked. I think uh, everyone kind of was at the timing. Although, I have to give it to my friend uh, Tyro, who's been a guest on the podcast before. You know, he and I go back to middle school. We've been friends for, you know, years now. And, uh, you know, ever since he's been friend, ever since we've been friends, he has always maintained, bro, they're going to make a Matrix 4. Bro, they're going to make a Matrix 4. Like, that's what he has said to me for years, that a Matrix 4 is going to be coming out. Um, And I've often said... Well, why? The Matrix trilogy is perfect as far as, like, action movie trilogies go. Um, you know, why Why add a fourth one? It, it, it doesn't, you know, there doesn't need to be a fourth one. The, the story was told in three acts across three movies, and it worked well. And he's like, yeah, but I just know that they're gonna gonna make a a fourth one, and, and it's probably going going to be really good. So you know, and we've had that conversation off and on for you know 
about 15 years now, um, you know, 12, 12 years or so. Um, and then, you know, Matrix 4 gets announced and he, he's like, uh, see, I told you he actually, you know, when I, when I, when I called, he hadn't heard the news, so I, I broke it to him, and he's like, I told you, bro, what have I, what have I been telling you for years? Um, so, you know, that, that was funny, just kind of the banter he and I had uh, with each other about that. Um, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Um I'm at this point with the Matrix 4, I'm more curious than anything. People are already are already saying that this is going to be a great movie and I feel like there is a bit of a bit of like a big hype train uh going on and this does worry me a little bit um because um, you know, another franchise, which I, which we'll get to in a bit here, is, uh, Star Wars, and, uh, you know, we'll get to that in a sec, but I fear that, like, the Matrix enthusiasm might be a bit like the enthusiasm for the new Star Wars movie, movies were back in, uh, 2015, right? But let's, uh, let's come back to that in a sec. Uh, what I find interesting about the Matrix Four is, um, you know, Keanu Reeves is returning as Neo, which I'm glad about. Um, maybe they'll explain how he survived, you know, three, because it seemed pretty clear that he made. Uh, you know, he sacrificed himself and gave his life. You know, he was the Christ figure. So maybe, maybe number four is about like his resurrection. Um, also, Carrie Ann Moss has been cast uh, to return. So she's returning as Trinity. So I don't know if she'll have like a major role in the movie. Uh, I don't know if Keanu will have like a major role. The one interesting thing is that. Lawrence Fishburne has not been, uh, you know, his name has not appeared, um, you know, as being recast, and neither has Hugo Weaving for, uh, you know, Agent Smith, although, you know, we don't know for sure if that's going to happen yet. They could, they could bring back Lawrence Fishburne, and they could bring back you know, uh, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith. We, there's, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding Matrix 4. Um, you know, we don't really know a lot yet, but suffice it to say that movie is coming out. And, uh, I'm, I'm, let me put it this way. I'm happy that they're coming out with, uh, a fourth Matrix as opposed to rebooting, the Matrix, uh, you know, series entirely, pardon the pun, um, but that was one thing that, you know, the studios were talking a few years ago, and pretty much anyone who has, you know, ever watched The Matrix, or in my case, you know, grew up with The Matrix, 
Everyone very much said, no, we do not need another, you know, reboot series. We would rather... We would rather have, have like, a fourth movie, but we do not want a reboot, which, you know, thank God the studio actually listened to us for once. So, uh, Matrix 4 is coming out very, very exciting. Uh, John Wick, Chapter 4, Bill and Ted 3, which, you know, is going to be huge as well. Um, so yeah, 2021 is going to be a, be a big year, uh, for Keanu. Uh, 2021, it is also going to be the year that we get, uh, a new James Bond film, Bond 25, I believe, uh, No Time to Die, the title was just released in, um, James Bond is prob- probably my all-time favorite action franchise and just cinematic franchise in general. Um, and Daniel Craig, aside from Sean Connery, is my f- favorite Bond. Although, you know, I'm kind of in a, in a weird position because, because um, I grew up in the era where, you know, Pierce Brosnan was, you know, Bond, but then also, uh, you know, Craig came along and filled the role in, you know, in 2006 with Casino Royale, and I remember being like a kid in middle school at the time in junior high, and, uh, you know, thinking, well, you know... James Bond isn't blonde. He's not going to be able, you know, this General Craig guy, he's not going to make, he's going to be another Timothy Dalton. Um, you know, he's he's just not really going to work out. Um, and lo and behold, Daniel Craig has turned out to be arguably one of the best Bonds ever next to, uh, you know, Sir Sean Connery himself. I, I think... Sean Connery, when it comes to uh, the role of Bond, is kind of in a league of his own, so to speak. Um, so you know that's I'm I'm excited for Bond twenty five. Reportedly, it's going to be um, you know Craig's last outing as Double Seven. So I'm curious uh, about that, if that's, you know, going to be true. We we heard that, uh, you know, Spectre was going to be Craig's last Bond film as, as well. So, you know, who knows? Um, I do want to ad- address, though, not to get political, because this is mainly, uh, you know, a movie podcast, a, a bonus podcast, but... Um, there was all this, uh, you know, hand-wringing over, uh, Lashana Lynch, uh, you know, being cast as, like, a female 007, and, you know, people were saying that she was cast as, as an ex-Bond, and there was this whole, uh, you know, big, uh, brouhaha made on the internet about it, and 
a lot of people fell for it, um, and it was funny because it sparked like a whole, you know, thing of well, yes, it's time for you know female James Bond. That's you know that's what you got from like from like the radical, you know, feminist left, and then you got you know the right wingers being like James Bond is a man, and you know, there's no way in hell that a you know, that a woman is going to be James Bond, and then, you know, the next thing you know, it's going to be a, be a, a tranny, uh, you know, as James Bond. So, um, you know, we, we we heard basically all the claptrap from both sides, and what's hilarious to me is uh, whenever a James Bond movie is, like, in the works... The the tabloids always love to make up rumors like this, right? Like, there's always some controversial rumor with the tabloids, um, you know, surrounding a, a James Bond movie. Like, you know, a, f- a few years ago, um, you know, Idris Elba was reportedly going to... Uh, replace Craig as James Bond, and there was a whole brouhaha about that. Now, I didn't want Idris Elba to replace Daniel Craig uh, for two reasons. One, at the time when that whole uh, thing was going on, I didn't feel that Craig was done being Bond yet. Um, And also... For me, it's hard to picture Idris Elba as James Bond because Idris Elba plays DCI John Luther, who is another, uh, you know, one of my favorite characters in uh, television. And Idris Elba will always be John Luther, so it's really hard for me to picture him in any other role but, um, you know, but Luther. So, you know, in my world, he can't be both... John Luther and, uh, you know, James Bond. Uh, but, you know, then again, Keanu Reeves is both John Wick and uh, Neo. So, you know, who knows? It would be an interesting choice if he were, but I don't I don't think he's going to do it. He's said that he's not really interested. But we'll see. Um, we will certainly see indeed. Uh, No Time to Die, some people like the title, some people don't, and uh, Rami Malek as the villain. Uh, I like Rami Malek as an actor as far as, um, you know, Mr. Robot, and then uh, he did a phenomenal job playing Freddie Mercury in the Bohemian Rhapsody biopic. As far as as his villain chops go, I don't know. I think that that's kind of relatively undiscovered territory for him. What I will say is it's really hard to be... Um, it, it is really hard um, to be uh, the villain from Skyfall. Uh, you know, and... I'm bl- I'm blanking on the uh, actor's name right now, so it it'll uh, and it's going to bug me. So I'm going to pull out my phone and uh, actually look this up. And I I can't believe I'm having to do that because um, 
you know, it's it's a pretty common name, but nevertheless, I'm uh, I'm blanking. So hang on a sec. Um, oh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, it's hard to uh, top ha- Javier Bardem as the uh, villain from Skyfall. He did such a phenomenal job in that role. You know, he basically played his character from No Country for Old Men and brought it into the Bond universe for Skyfall. So, arguably, his character uh, was one of the best Bond villains ever, so it's pretty hard to top. But uh, I know Rami Malek also has a pretty good uh, repertoire of, um, you know, acting skills. So, who knows? He could be a great Bond villain. Um, so, I'm excited about that. Now, uh, Star Wars. Let's talk Star Wars and then let's talk about Marvel and get all the Mouse House uh, stuff out of the way. So, when it comes to uh, Star Wars, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the uh, original trilogy um, and you know I'm, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fanboy um, I grew up you know with with the prequel trilogy and I know that people love to shit on the uh, prequels as being like horrendous but I, I don't know I, I grew up with them and yeah, granted, they're not as good as the originals, but they're not horrible um, either. They're not the monstrosities that people make them out to be. When the uh, when the new trilogy was announced, um, I was excited like everyone else. I will say that I think Episode 7 um, held up pretty well, actually, and I was ple- pleasantly surprised... Um, Episode 8 was kind of a, uh, you know, like when I when I saw, I didn't hate it like everyone else uh, appeared to, but it's clearly obvious that they had some issues. And, uh, you know, now it's, I, I did view it a second time and I'm like, yeah, this movie is pretty bad. Um, so episode eight was a real doozy. I think we can all agree. Um, in terms of episode nine, I want to say I'm excited, but at this point with, uh, you know, with Disney doing what they've done, I mean, they, they put, they put the Star Wars, uh, you know, story movies on hold you know, because Solo kind of underperformed, and Solo I actually liked. Um, they did a pretty good job with that. Rogue One was good, although I don't remember anyone asking for Rogue One. Um, but, you know, suffice it to say, Star Wars fans are, uh, you know, kind of up in arms right now. And uh, all I can say is, Disney really has a lot of mistakes that they have to fix in number nine, and they really have to redeem themselves. 
Uh, I I have seen the trailer for episode nine, and uh, let me just say that I wouldn't say I'm excited, and I wouldn't say I'm like you know. I wouldn't say I'm disappointed, and I wouldn't say like I'm super excited. I'm I'm. I am interested though. I'm I'm interested to see if they can redeem themselves at this point, or if the mouse house has really gotten too uh, big for their britches. I uh, I definitely think though that like having a Star Wars film every year, like they you know like they've tried doing with the with the uh, Marvel series hasn't worked out, and I'm actually glad. That it hasn't worked out because Star Wars, uh, for me growing up, and I don't know, this might be just a nostalgia thing, but in my mind, Star Wars is, is like a very special thing. So when it came out every few years as a kid, right, starting off with the uh, with you know the the Phantom Menace. In 2000, and then Attack of the Clones in 2002, and then, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Of the Sith. Um, I almost said Revenge of the Sith. Which is, you know, friend of the show. Um, But with the prequel movies, uh, we had to wait a few years in between. Right those movies, right? So, when the prequels came out, like or not, it was a big deal, right? There was anticipation because there was only a Star Wars movie every three years, and so it was it was a big deal. Um, once Disney acquired it and tried to change it, you know, and putting out movies every year, it started to kind of lose its appeal a bit. So I'm glad that they paused um, making the movies for a bit. And so, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm interested more or less to see what they do with episode nine. Hopefully they can pull off, um, and I hope so for their sake and for the fans' sake, because if they can't, Disney is going to have a massive problem on their hand. Um... Now, as far as Spider-Man leaving the, uh, you know, MCU, this is going to be a big problem for them with the Marvel franchise, right? Because they were making movies nonstop for 10 years. I know that they were going to take a break this year, you know, while they plan out Phase 4, but now they have a problem because the licensing rights, you know, Sony still owns the rights to... Spider-Man technically, so having him on the in, in the MCU, uh, Spider-Man was kind of on loan to the, uh, you know, to Disney and to the MCU, but it seemed like they were planning, you know, to, to have Spider-Man basically take over the role of Iron Man and Tony Stark, which is also interesting because. Right, when I was growing up in, like, the early 2000s, right, and prior to then, like, for decades, Spider-Man was the face of Marvel, and Iron Man, and the rest of them were kind of a secondary character. Well, now, 
With this generation, it's kind of reversed. You know, I, Iron Man was the big character. Obviously, uh, you know, if you saw Endgame, you, you know what happened. And so it kind of seemed like they were planning for Spider-Man to become the main figurehead again. But now with, uh, you know, now with the deal between Disney and Marvel, uh, you know, being at an impasse right now, we don't know what Spidey's future is. Um, which may be a good time, actually, for them to put the MCU on pause as a whole for a while, and I'll tell you why. Um, a little bit of background. I grew up, uh, a big comic fan. I did a whole podcast on this when Stan Lee passed away. Actually, so early this year, I, I, I did this podcast. But uh, my dad would take me to the local comic store every Saturday and uh, pick out a few comics. So I started collecting comics. Um, so they mean... So being an actual comic book fan and reading the Marvel books, it means a lot to me. You know, the Marvel Universe. And, uh, you know, growing up... You know, seeing your, seeing your, your heroes on screen was like a big deal, right? And the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, like that, that was like the first kind of legit superhero movie that got taken seriously, right? So when the Marvel Cinematic Universe like came together and the fact that they were, you know, starting to to build like a collective of you know, all these heroes, like, being together in the same cinematic universe. It was spectacular. But I have to say, like, around year five, once they started putting out, like, a new superhero movie every single year, it kind of lost its uh, appeal to me personally. Um, So, I don't know. I'm kind of glad they're at an impasse. Hopefully they'll take this as an opportunity to, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, put put the MCU on pause and really assess things over uh, until they can get Spider-Man back in the MCU, which I predict is what's going to happen eventually. But, um... You know, at any rate, that's kind of the big Marvel and Disney news. Uh, And one more thing I wanted to cover, uh, and I broke this news kind of on, uh, you know, Saturday's episode with Apex Gamma when I interviewed him. Uh, Breaking Bad is coming out with a movie that's going to be aired on Netflix. Uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, is going to be all about Jesse Pinkman. And, um, you know, what what happens to him after Breaking Bad, which, let's be honest, that was what we were all hoping Better Call Saul actually was, right? When Vince Gilligan announced that he was going to come out with, like, another series, we were hoping it was going to be a sequel series, uh, Jesse. You know, not a prequel series with, uh, you know, Saul. Although Better Call Saul isn't bad, but I think, uh, you know, everyone's happy that there's going to be a Jesse Pinkman movie coming out. So I'm excited for that. Um, I think we all are. 
So I'll be talking more about that as, you know, once it comes out in October. So uh, Breaking Bad fans are happy, and I think we all are. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this episode. Just kind of a uh, quick movie, you know, noobs type of episode, a little bit of nerd culture. Uh, This was a good podcast to test out the new mic and see how it's working out. And uh, hopefully the audio sounds good to you guys. Sounds like it's coming in pretty good to me. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts and, uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be getting a mic adapter for the iPad, uh, tomorrow. So I'll be recording the standard, uh, audio podcast on my iPad with this new mic. And then I'll also be trying this new mic out for the live stream setup on Saturday. So very excited to have this new, uh, piece of equipment. So anyway, folks, from all of us here at NGC Studios, have a good day whenever you're listening in the past, present, future hour. God bless and God save this great nation. I'll see you guys tomorrow uh, afternoon for TWR Thursday. We'll be covering, uh, you know, some politics. Until then, uh, you know, God bless and thanks for uh, thanks for watching, guys, or listening, rather. So, God to freedom, I'll see in that order. Thank you.